two-bedroom apartment on the west side of Los Angeles, it's Crayon Film! Tonight, we've got Dave Byrne and Spider-Man 3. Don't worry about that review, we're going to be laughing about it tomorrow night, promise, on this week's amazing episode! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Batmans and Supermans, children of all ages, welcome to another exciting episode of High on Film. Episode 221, in fact, and we are capping off Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy with the third movie in that three-movie series, Spider-Man 3, from 2007, directed by Sam Raimi, written by Sam Raimi, Ivan Raimi, and Alvin Sargent, uh, based off the screen story of Sam Raimi and Ivan Raimi's creation, and of course, the comic by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. I'm Chris Maxwell, I'm your host, here to guide you through the next hour-ish of Spider-Man 3 talk as we prepare for Spider-Man Homecoming, which we'll uh, be doing a spoiler-free review of as soon as it gets released. That being said, this is my only my second time ever viewing Spider-Man 3, the first time being at a midnight showing on opening night, and well... An important thing happened that night. I learned that nothing in this world could be perfect. And I'll tell you, I don't know if it's old age or just, uh, maybe I was just a harsher critic, but this whole heart didn't think this movie was as bad as I remember it. But, uh, more on that later. Let's get to my co-host from the couch. The podcaster of disaster. The, one of Earth's mightiest heroes for sure. The mother of dragons. And the Brad Davis that God gave us. My co-host and friend, Brad Davis. Hello, sir. Hey, Brad. How we doing? Doing well. How are you? Doing all right. Now, if my memory serves me, you and I both saw this movie at a midnight screening the day it opened. Yes. In 2007. A, a decade ago in Pittsburgh. A decade ago in Pittsburgh. Yes. Wow. Boy, time flies, huh? <laughs> it does. What were your initial reactions of this movie? I think pretty on par with yours. Um... I mean, there's certain scenes in this movie that stuck with me that I will never understand why they're in this movie, uh, and that, I think, is kind of what uh, I remember specifically about this movie, which probably made me put more hate on the film than it deserves, uh, but the, there is still inherent problems with this movie. Yes. And, and I will add, I think it's maybe helped both of our viewing experiences, given that we just had to sit through Transformers. The last night. The last night. Last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost. Almost. So, <laughs> I think that when you're seeing something that bad, it does make this look a lot better by comparison. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, if you get a cold, you can feel terrible, but then you look at someone dying of cancer and you're like, oh, yeah, maybe I don't have things so bad. <laughs> That's a drastic uh, comparison, but sure, yes. Well, Transformers the last night, the drastic movie. Yeah, it's... <laughs> and certainly comparable to cancer. I guess I... Ooh, I guess I... It's, it's a Hollywood cancer. Uh, I guess I thought that... I remember this movie being almost that bad. Okay, Maybe yeah, that I bad, did too. Almost that bad, and it's not. It's not. It's definitely not. It's a little boring, and there's some leaps of faith here that uh, I just can't take. But anyway, we'll get to that. Let's get to our guest. You know, he is a comic book aficionado and uh, a lover of bad movies. 
He's been on here uh, a whole handful of times, and he's back because, well, when we're doing Spider-Man 3, who better? Mr. Dave Byrne has returned to the podcast once again. Thank you very much for having me, and thank you for choosing this movie. Oh. <laughs> what a fantastic uh, little treat this was for me. This is hilarious. Um, yeah, I also saw this movie... Uh, maybe not opening night. I think this is one of the movies I saw at 8am on a Friday, because I used to have an overnight job a few blocks away from the movie theater. So getting out, I would see movies on Friday. Um, but yeah, I saw this movie, super excited for it. Spider-Man 2 was amazing. Of course, it 1 was, and 2 were yeah. amazing. Uh, the X-Men series at this time was still really good. Was this before Last Stand? I believe so, or maybe... I think this might have to be after. This might be the summer after. Yeah. Okay, so a decent amount of momentum. Excited for it, and then convincing myself it was good then, and coming around to it later of like, no, I just love terrible stuff. <laughs> and what'd you think on this viewing? Have you seen it since the movie theater? Uh, I did see it since the movie theater one time. A, uh, another podcast did this. Oh, <laughs> and look I, at you! I watched it then. Um... <laughs> But, yeah, this was, um, not, not quite as bad as I remember. The bad parts are awful. Yeah. And there's some, just, like, dumb stuff. Like, the retconning, uh, Uncle Ben's death. Yes. <laughs> so many Which, times. I think yeah. we mentioned, actually, maybe in, in, uh, Spider-Man Uno, uh, of this podcast... That, what, we never need to see Uncle Ben die or the Wayne parents get shot again. And Spider-Man 3, I believe, shows Uncle Ben die a full four times. I believe yeah. that is correct. Four once times. in the opening credits and once at the very end of the film. So and I just, I want to let our listeners know that that's for individual, like, flashbacks, like, series... There are multiple, like, repeats of shots of him getting shot yeah. in each flashback. And different ways, too. Yeah, because like they change they the story. rewrite history yeah. with this movie. Uh, the first time they do it is completely changing everything, and they change it again three more times. <laughs> uh, yeah, rewriting history is only part of the problem of this movie. <laughs> but before we dig into that, I just want to confirm that X-Men Last Stand is 2006, so the summer mm. before. Or I believe okay. the May before. I believe Spider-Man movies come out in May. And I believe the X-Men movies, maybe maybe April or May yeah. as well, March. I think this one got pushed in order to make room for X-Men. This yeah. was a bad two years for Sony. I know. Well, X-Men's Fox. Oh, okay. So bad two years for Spider Man, yeah, movies, yeah. Sony. Yeah. Well, anyway, guys, let's get into some Trash Star Destroy. I think we're leading perfectly into uh, my first category here. Three movies of a similar ilk. One you must trash, which means it's eliminated from existence. One movie you get to star in whatever role you'd like to take for yourself. And that leaves the third movie to be destroyed, which means the only version that has ever existed has been both written and directed by Mr. Michael Bay of Transformers The Last Night fame. Oh, crap. <laughs> like you didn't did, know it was coming. I right? actually didn't. I should have, though. I'm embarrassed I didn't. Is he still hands-on with Transformers? Is he still writing and directing? He's a genius, according to Anthony Hopkins. Uh, I don't know if he's writing them. Is he writing them these days? Uh, I still, th I think he's credited as a writer, but I think maybe there's a handful of writers. Uh, no, he definitely didn't write the last one. I have the stats right here because we just did it. 
Oh, well. And Justin. he is not a writer. Yeah, Art Marco, Matt Holloway, and Ken Nolan. Oh, okay. Uh, with Akiva Goldsmith as a story by. Well, there so you go. So he's not yeah. writing that one. He's been stepping away from a lot of his signature projects. Well, yeah. A little too intellectual for him to write, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, let's do... Of course, Spider-Man 3, one of its many faults, was I said, it's boring at times. Uh, what was the other one? It's a Leaps of Faith. And um, the one we just said... They show Uncle Ben dying all the time? They show Uncle Ben dying all the time. They rewrite history, that's what oh, okay. And uh, one of the other faults is too many villains. So let's do a Trash Star Destroy of three superhero movies with at least two villains. We will do Batman and Robin. Where you get Bane, Poison Ivy, and Mr. Freeze. We'll do Iron Man 3, where we get Guy Pierce's guy and <laughs> Ben Kingsley's the Mandarin. Okay. It's a comic book villain, so All right, I'm counting that one. That's true. And we'll do The Amazing Spider-Man 2, where we get Electro from Jamie Foxx and the Rhino from Paul Giamatti. <sighs> Batman and Robin, Iron Man 3, Spider-Man 2. Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> Big difference. So yeah, 2, 3, and 4. Uh, I guess by default, because it's the best movie of the group, I'd go with Iron Man 3. As? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Man, I I might just take the Tony Stark role. I mean, I don't care. Robert, Robert Downey Jr. has enough money, and while he is a terrific Tony Stark, yeah. Fuck it. To be in that scene where, like, his house falls off the side of the... Oh, yeah. That's a cool scene to be in. Yep. So... You get all those fun scenes with that kid? Yeah. Yeah. Fun scenes. Dad's leave, grow up, or whatever he says. That's a really funny one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, I'll start in... Boy, it would be fun to start with Robert Downey Jr., though. But I've already made up my mind. I'm going to stick with it. It's fine. You get a scene with Adam Pally? Yeah. (laughs) I do like Adam Pally. I know you do. That's why I said it. Yeah. Um, so then that leaves, I'm sorry, Amazing Spider-Man 2 and... Batman and Robin. Uh, I guess... Clooney. Yeah. I guess I'm gonna give Batman and Robin to Michael Bay. Cool. And I actually think there's a potential for that to be a better film. Bay and Schumacher, I think, could really whip up a hell of a film. <laughs> I I would be very interested. Like, I feel like Schwarzenegger working with sure. Michael Bay oh, is yeah. something that... I would, even after watching Transformers the last night, I would run to the theater to see the Arnold Schwarzenegger Michael Bay movie. I totally agree with you. Midnight yeah. showing, no doubt about it. Yeah. Opening uh, night. Count me in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... All right. Blood so. packed right now. <laughs> blood packed. Michael um, Bay would have it no other way. Well, well done, Michael Bay. We always keep coming back. Yeah. God damn it. Keep coming back for more. We're connected to this fucking idiot. Um, it's like Fifty Shades of Bay. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> well done. Because uh, it's uncomfortable and abusive. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice touch. <laughs> So then that leaves Amazing Spider-Man 2 to be trashed, which, I mean, 
That is zero problems. He's so little problems. I can, can Andrew I, Garfield only gets one crack at it. Can I trash them both? I mean, that would be my ideal scenario, sure. is to trash both Spider-Man movies. But yeah. And in that one, Gwen Stacy actually dies. Spoiler alert. Yeah. No one's watching Amazing yeah. Spider-Man 2. Yeah. No one's watching. I mean, it's I like saw it. three hours long or whatever the fuck it's it is. Stupid. I've seen it twice. Oh, of course you have, Dave. Twice? I'm not talking about what you watch. Yeah. What are you doing with this trash charge story? We are talking about what you watch. What are you doing with this trash charge story? <laughs> it's exactly um, what we're talking about. So, first of all, I just want to say, I feel like you're gearing these towards me the more often I'm on the show. More often than not, bad superhero movies have an abundance of villains. Um, you know, I would really, really have a ton of fun playing Mr. Freeze. <laughs> you sure that would be awesome I would, I would pay to watch that as well that would be you know the only acting job I would ever take in real life would be you get to just like shout bad ice puns and wear a crazy neon suit and walk around shooting a giant gun yeah like, that sounds like so much fun hang out with Uma Thurman yeah and Clooney like, yeah, and Clooney yeah, yeah. Uh, how's ER going uh, Alicia that Silverstone's that movie I'm, that you might have a scene with her I don't remember um, yeah. Maybe. So, that would, uh, I feel like this is one of the, the mercy trashes that I don't want to give Iron Man 3 to Michael Bay. Mm. So, um, let's see how, uh, Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield do with, uh, Michael Bay's either genius-like or Hitler-like <laughs> presence on set, depending on who you listen to. Sure, yeah. Uh... I don't like that idea. I mean, mostly because then Amazing Spider-Man 2 becomes more like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies <laughs> that we have. Um, I guess it's not too far from them as it is. I mean, is it worse is the other question. Uh, ooh, I don't know. I, I just it's... watched Out of the Shadows. <laughs> and it was... I've also seen that twice. Not good. It's not good. No. Uh. Unfortunately. I love Bebop and Rocksteady. But that, neither here nor there. Also, that would have been a superhero movie with multiple villains. Yeah. There you go. Shredder and the Krang. Um, what? I don't... It's tempting to play Batman. It really is. And it's really tempting to be Spider-Man in albeit a terrible Spider-Man movie. <sighs> Boy, I think I'm... I mean, you get to work with Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> From Vertical Limit? Yeah, from, from from Scent of a Woman as well. Oh, he was in that? <laughs> yeah. Hoo-ah. Uh, boy, I, this is tough. I think, because I could easily trash Iron Man 3, and we can just go Iron Man 2 straight to Ultron, and I think you don't miss too, too much, albeit a pretty good Iron Man movie. Um, on a downward trajectory. Yeah. All right, all right, fine, fine. And I feel like the other two are so easily trashable. I'm going to trash Amazing Spider-Man 2. Michael Bay is going to do Iron Man 3, and I'm going to be Batman. Okay. <laughs> That's what it's going to do. Chris that was Batman. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to uh, boil down like that, but I it did. I had to go with my heart there. All right, guys. Trash Star Destroy for the last three weeks has all led to this. The final category, Sam Raimi Spider-Man Trilogy. Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, 
It's probably not that hard. Trash start destroy. <laughs> it's, it's a little anticlimactic here. You know what? Actually, okay. So obviously, you're starring in Spider-Man too. I mean, I am. Okay, yeah. Sorry. I was going to say, are you guessing you, I, mine? I, I, no, I'm guessing everybody's. <laughs> okay. Oh, interesting. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure I'll be proven wrong. But I'm definitely starring in Spider-Man 2. I'm sorry. I'm playing Spider-Man. To get that train scene alone is worth it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's an easy answer whether to trash or destroy the original Spider-Man. You can make the argument you trash it because it's only an origin story anyway and we know it so well and Bay would ruin it. You and you give Spider-Man 3 to Bay. And I think that's the right way to do it. And that's definitely the way I'm going to do it because I think it's a better fate for the original Spider-Man to just disappear. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it is a really good movie, but I can deal without the origin story. And then Spider-Man 3 could be more interesting. I mean, it'll still be a shit show under Michael Bay's eye, but I'd be interested. Is that your answer, Dave? That is not my answer, Brad. All right. I'm well, not surprised. Well, hold on, because that is my answer. <laughs> <laughs> and I will, and I'll, I'll add to that absolutely trash the first Spider-Man because then you get to be in the original Spider-Man s- sidestepping any controversy of recasting Spider-Man in the, in the sequel. And then, unfortunately, the, the monkey's paw of that is that you get to be in a Michael Bay sequel of Spider-Man because now you are the Spider-Man. Well, and you... Kind of what's not the controversy around the first movie is is how old Tobey Maguire was to be playing a high school kid. Mm-hmm. And now that's kind of out of the equation, too. Because you never, never see him play that. Yeah. There it is. What's your... What are you doing, Dave? Give us something new and fresh. A fresh take. Um, I mean... Partially just for the sake of disagreement. And also oh, oh how convenient, Dave! Also, it would be a lot of fun to give Michael Bay Spider-Man 1, uh, tr- trash Spider-Man 2, and star in Spider-Man oh, 3. you're an asshole. <laughs> See, I don't even believe you. Who are you going to be in Spider-Man 3? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. I can dance sequence. Oh, I can dance Jesus. as well as Tobey Maguire, which is to say terribly. I don't necessarily disagree with that. But yeah. Sinner. Wow. <laughs> You wow. I don't even believe you. <laughs> yeah, I can't I, believe you. I don't even believe you. Yeah. I mean, I believe you'd be Spider-Man, but... I mean, I don't know. I, the other option is just, I mean, to give Bay two, but that's that's another mercy trash. Like, I don't want Bay to have two. Yeah, I mean, the, that's true. Yeah, the problem there is then we've never gotten a good Spider-Man movie. We're about to. Yeah. I mean, we, we, this would be the first one, but yeah, at that point then... That means there's really been no good Spider-Man movie. So actually, that would probably make this one even better. Well, if we're going to <laughs> extrapolate out like Amazing Spider-Man wouldn't happen. We would get this Spider-Man oh, movie yeah. sooner. Although, if wow. that, if in your skew of things, mm-hmm. we don't get the current MCU because they don't make enough money off Spider-Man's sale to start their own studio. Wow! Oh my God! <laughs> Ooh, you just Tough. fucked Butterfly up effect. everything. Way to go, Dave. <laughs> you better hope those X-Men movies are doing better in uh, oh. in this parallel universe. Oh. Yeah. All right. We're going to step into our own parallel universe and take a little break, and we'll be right back with more Spider-Man 3 right after this. 
And we're back at it. Spider Spider Man Three. <laughs> I'm Chris Maxwell. Stumbling through something I do every week. Uh, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Dave Byrne is the guest once again to talk about this sidestep of a uh, Spider-Man movie, I would say. Um, famously, Sam Raimi never really wanted to do Venom. Studio was like, uh-uh-uh, Spider-Man's greatest villain. You gotta do him. So he does. <laughs> gotta do him. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a child. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> before I get too... Any more uh, involved in, in my summary, let's get to the summary game. The first game of the podcast that's worth a damn. That's zero to two points for each one of us sitting around the podcast table today. Myself, Dave, Brad Davis, to my left. Uh, we're each going to take a turn at summarizing Spider-Man 3 in a thousandth of the time that it actually takes to view. A 139-minute movie allows us 13.9 seconds to get out the best summary we can of said film. And of course, during our break, we had our patented coin toss, coin toss, and uh, through that three-sided coin, high into the air, it flipped around and around and around. Brad, you called it. You said, "I'm choosing Ted's." Ted's. <laughs> and lo and behold, Ted's it is. You know it. First, second, or third, sir. You know what? I'm gonna go first. Going first. I'm gonna go first. Alright, Spider-Man 3. Okay. 13.9 seconds. The longest time you get to summarize any Spider-Man film done on this podcast. Alright. In 3, 2, 1. Peter and Harry are at odds, but uh, he, uh, Harry gets knocked out and he gets amnesia. Uh, Peter ends up having to fight uh, Sandman for really no reason. Uh, he's also... Warring with his photographer at work, uh, Mary Jane and him are breaking Time. up. Mm, wow. <laughs> yeah. You stumbled there's, in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, there's so much, so many storylines in this movie. Yes. Yes. And that's <laughs> one of its biggest inherent problems. Yeah. But, jeez. Okay. It's, it's the longest of the trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Ah. I almost said Peter got amnesia, and like when that, that ah. happened, it totally threw me off base. Yeah. Sorry, Brad. It's all right. It's all right. Could have gone worse. Sure. That's the spirit. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Chris. Yes, sir. You would be up next. I believe so. It is, what, 13.9 yes, seconds? Yes, 13.9 seconds. Are you ready? As ready as I'm going to be. Okay. In three, two, one. Harry still blames Peter for the death of his father, so he challenges him and he gets knocked down and gets amnesia, and then Sandman comes and then Spider-Man stops him because he's wreaking havoc, uh, stealing money. Uh, Eddie Brock is a photographer who hates Peter. Uh, Venom comes into play, gets a symbiote, uh, he has to get it off and... Time. That's it. You say fodder? Instead of saying father, you said fodder? <laughs> fodder? <laughs> still blame him for killing his father? My mother and fodder. Uh. The New Yorkers. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That yeah. is how we all sound. That's, That's right. See? <laughs> Case uh, otherwise, point. pretty good, though. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, God, this is impossible. All right. The impossible task. 13.9 seconds. Spider-Man 3. Dave Byrne in 3, 2, 1. Uh, Mary Jane is a terrible singer, so she can't hold her <laughs> Broadway, <laughs> Broadway job. Uh, Harry and Spider-Man and Peter at odds. And then uh, there's a head injury and amnesia, and Sandman comes and leaves, and the symbiote comes and switches from Spider-Man to... Uh, Time. Uh, oh. There's so much. You got through a lot, though. Yeah, I you really, did. I got through a lot that neither of you got to. 
And I still didn't get. I mean, I didn't even like mention movie. Venom. Yeah, yeah, you didn't mention Venom. I didn't mention anything about Gwen Stacy or Mary Jane. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think any of us. I don't think any Gwen of us Stacy. mentioned Gwen no, Stacy. No, that's true. Yeah. That's very true. <laughs> so many characters. So many. So many storylines. It's crazy. It is really, really crazy. It's really a shame, uh, especially coming off like we said, the last two pretty phenomenal. Spider-Man movies. Um, and superhero movies in general. Alright, let's get to some clips. It's time for First Impressions. Second game of the podcast. We're each going to give the person sitting to our right a line we'd like to hear them impersonate to the best of their ability. Said line, of course, should be from Spider-Man 3. Zero to three points <laughs> at stake for each person. <laughs> should be, not required. Should not required. <laughs> yeah. Optional. Alright, this, this line is from First Blood. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm going to go first. Dave, you're going to get a line from Spider-Man 3. <laughs> it's a rocky movie. Not I, know. A movie. I know. Dave, I'm going to give you <laughs> maybe the worst actor <laughs> in this movie. Uh, one of his lines. He, he happens to be... I for respecting my range. <laughs> yeah, well, I figure you're doing the worst movie of this franchise. You might as well impersonate the, the worst, worst actor. actor in the franchise as well. The butler... To Harry Osborn. Uh, Bernard? Uh, is that his name? Is he in the other ones? I don't really, I kind of remember a butler, but... I don't recall a butler at all. I have not seen them over the last two weeks, but... Yeah, we have. I don't recall a butler. Certainly not with any many lines. Maybe in the background. Yeah. Well, he barely has lines in this. Except the big one. Except for this big one. This big reveal that I'm about to play for you. Oh, and the friends. Unless you're having friends over. Friends? A friend? Oh, a, friend? Guest. a guest. A guest. A guest. A guest. Yeah, a guest. And he knows Mary Jane. He's like, hey, Bernard, Mary Jane's coming over. Oh, and he huh. said, can you get some food? And then apparently get some raw materials so they have to cook it themselves. <laughs> what kind of butler is this? We'll get into that soon. Yeah. What kind of butler is this? But anyway, he finally, after two whole movies, tells Harry to get off his grudge against Spider-Man because he didn't do it. Uh, his father died at his own hand um, because apparently this butler in his former life was a forensic scientist. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He was a medical examiner. Here's him explaining in great detail what happened. The night your father died, I, I cleaned his wound. The blade that pierced his body came from his glider. I know that sounds like an abrupt stop, but that is the end of his sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... John Paxton, frequent collaborator with Sam Raimi, plays all the old men roles in his movies. <laughs> Oz the Great and Powerful, Drag Me to Hell. Okay. And he is in all three movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, role of a lifetime. <clears throat> the night your father died, I... I cleaned his wound... The blade that pierced his body came from his own glider. <laughs> I like that you got a little Irish at the end. Yeah. Came from his own glider. <laughs> Very nice. That's where I gravitate, Dale. You, you did John Paxton proud. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. That was nice. Dave, do you have a line to give Brad? Oh, I certainly do. I have the uh, mildly culturally insensitive uh, J. Jonah Jameson's uh, little speech to kick Brock and Peter out of his office. Uh, 
I like the way it ends, but I'll let you listen to the original delivery, and of course, Brad. I want the public to see Spider-Man for the two-bit criminal he really is. He's a fake. He's full of stick'em. Catch him in the act. Spider-Man with his hand in a cookie jar. Whoever brings me that photo gets a job. What are you waiting for? Chinese New Year? Go, go, go. I'm on it, boss. All right. J.K. Simmons. I believe we stated the most perfectly cast person in this, this whole trilogy. Uh, the yellow M&M. Go ahead, Brad. Spider-Man with his hand in the cookie jar. Whoever brings me that photo gets a job. What are you waiting for? Chinese New Year? Go, go, go. That was really good. <laughs> <laughs> that was delightful, Brad. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I did not think uh, you had a really good shot at that, but you really, you, you did very well. Thank you. A pleasure. Thank you very pleasure much. Pleasure was mine. Do you have a line for me? I do, sir. Uh, I have a... Peter Parker line when he's his douchebag self. Uh, he has just fought Harry uh, at Harry's house, which I'm just going to give a little kudos to. That's actually a pretty good scene. It's a good fight scene. It's not going to make my best scene, so I just wanted to give it a little props. There you go. Um, but right at the end of that scene, uh, Peter has whooped Harry's ass pretty well. And Harry, of course, is talking about his father again and how Peter took him from him. And Peter's had it a little bit with that narrative, so he <laughs> he goes after him. He took him from me. He loved me. No. He despised you. You were an embarrassment to him. Oh. Look at little Goblin Jr. Gonna cry. <gasps> All right, the Tubes. Finally, getting to do a Spider-Man impression here. And it has to be symbiote-ridden Spider-Man. <clears throat> no, he despised you. You were an embarrassment to him. Oh, look at little Goblin Jr. You gonna cry? Yeah, that was pretty good. Thanks. Yeah. Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 3. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Well, you can set the scorecards aside, and we're going to get into an open forum discussion that we like to call scene work. Of course, if I haven't mentioned it already, and I know I have not, at least this episode, we're an optimistic podcast. So we like to start things off optimistically. That means... Best scene! What's the best scene in Spider-Man 3? Uh, I, I'm a fan of the, the final fight. Uh, I think that's fairly like well-balanced between a handful of different threats. Mm -hmm. The very end of it is poor, but we'll gloss over that for now. What What do you mean the very end? Um, Sandman's... Goodbye? Come to, yeah, oh, come to okay, Jesus yeah, moment. Yeah, come to fun. Jesus be the wind moment. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, that is just... They didn't have a way to beat him permanently because they wasted it early on. But, yeah, I think there's a handful of good fight scenes in this. I think there's some de decent action to be salvaged from it. It's just, uh, I think it's the same thing I said about Transformers Age of Extinction, that it's four movies crammed into the time slot of two. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, you're right with that final fight, especially when uh, it gets to be Goblin and... Uh, New Goblin and Spider-Man fighting yeah. Sandman and Venom. 
pretty cool. There's some pretty cool things there. Yeah, and it, it gives you a sense of scale that I don't think you got a whole ton of in Spider-Man 1 and 2. Mm, interesting. Like, there's this whole building arena. There, The construction lights are obviously, like, spotlights, and it's kind of the biggest set. I Again, you guys just watched these, so I might be completely embarrassing myself forgetting something huge, but... I think it's the only, like, real big set piece thing that I can remember doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's funny you say that, because I just wrote Climax, and that was kind of the... I, I think everything from basically when Goblin shows up, particularly the uh, putting his little bomb thing Fucking in bomb. Sandman's head, and you just kind of hear that beeping start when it seems like Spider-Man is finally beaten yeah uh yeah the whole scene is it's a good fight scene it's uh a nice threat a lot of the stuff even up in the taxi cab with uh you know the threat there her falling every once in a while things starting to fall towards her it all works pretty well and while the venom character isn't kind of well done in this movie I do think Venom can look pretty cool at moments in this movie and is the major threat in this last scene, almost yeah. more than the Sandman, or I guess maybe the more interesting one. Yeah. And I mean, well, Venom by design is badass. So, yeah, he looks really cool. I mean, the sharp teeth, the crazy saliva tongue, big, you know, flame eyes. It's, yeah, it's a scary, badass costume. Um... And I agree with you. And while uh, Sandman's ending is, is so lame, yeah, Venom's ending is badass, man. I love the bars being stuck into the ground to resonate the, the sound to get the symbiote off Eddie Brock. And I love Eddie Brock golleming himself yeah. for the symbiote. Like, That's... about as it's about to blow up, he goes and jumps in with it. Like, I thought that was awesome. And I love that Peter Parker <clears throat> pulls him out. Yeah, like goes out of his way to, to rip save him. Eddie Brock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To try and save him. Um, well, like Aunt May says, Spider Man doesn't kill people. That's true, and I love that too. I started that as just kind of a nice. I mean, any moment. Uh, what's the actress's name? Rosemary, Rosemary Harris. Harris. She's always good. She always gives a scene probably more depth than even the script does. Mm. Yeah. Uh, is that your best scene, Dave? My, yeah, my best so, scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, Brad, your best scene is the climax? Yeah. Sorry. No, 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 you're fine. Uh, <clears throat> probably. Um, I mean, I. It's it was a little dis, almost disappointing because I think that if they set up this movie better, the asking Harry for help and getting it has could be more poignant if Harry was kind of a bad guy th more throughout. And didn't really have this amnesia come back to being normal and then going that again moment where they're maybe fighting uh, on and off throughout the movie. And then in the end, when uh, Mary Jane's really in trouble, uh, it would maybe have more resonance then. But uh, just to add that. But overall, that was that was my favorite scene. Yeah, I think mine might be the crazy crane uh, slash saving Gwen Stacy in the beginning. Uh, again, a huge set piece. Certainly not like the climactic fight of like, you know, yeah. the, the MMA arena fighting that we get at the end, uh, stage. <laughs> um, but I, I love it. It looks so cool when that crane breaks through and like starts yeah. taking out the support beams and the floor starts, uh, collapsing underneath itself. 
it's it's a hell of a a hell of a scene and a perfect Spider-Man scene too. Yeah, it's great. It's wow. uh, I remember while we were watching it, I I was like, oh, no one's running for the elevator. Like you guys aren't in danger. And then the second level goes out, and it's just like the sandwich board just c- cracks. Yeah, that was unexpected and amazing. I mean, this movie is like ten years old now, and I was still like, oh, what are they gonna do with this? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like that, that that one was great. But of course, because we can't have nice things, it is interrupted by a stupid Eddie Brock exposition block where he just runs up to James Cromwell, who's the chief of police, and we find out in this line that he's also Gwen Stacy's dad, which never comes back around again, and that he's Gwen Stacy's girlfriend, and we don't ever boyfriend. actually... Boyfriend. <laughs> and they don't actually ever... We don't know his life. Date. Um... He's like, hi, I'm Eddie Brock. I'm a photographer for the Bugle. Uh, yeah. I'm going to here to take pictures. That's Gwen up there. Your daughter. We're dating. Maybe he should be more concerned. Yeah. 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 Well, he's kind of a and, douchebag. Yeah. Um, also, here's a question. Were Eddie Brock and uh, Gwen, St- Gwen Stacy dating? No. Because, yeah, cause it comes up later that like, oh, it was one date. Oh, it was one night. It oh, was right. coffee. Yeah. So is he just stalking Gwen Stacy? Kind of. He knew about that modeling gig. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I kind of forgot about that. Because he tells her dad, he's like, what's Gwen doing up there? That's my James Cromwell impression. (laughs) Nailed it. But, I mean, they did go to coffee together, and the way she acted, it was kind of like, yeah, it was one date. I mean, she. it seemed like she kind of treated it as a date, like, oh, it was just one, you know, it was just coffee. But they're certainly not boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. That's probably en- enough for best scene. Sure. <laughs> if there's a best scene, it must mean there is a worst scene. What's the worst scene in Spider-Man Three? I mean, we agree, right? <laughs> like this is. Uh, I mean, there's more from where to where. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, how long is this? Scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we saying is. Is it the whole dance bit from the street to the jazz club, or is it yes. just the jazz oh, club? Yeah, it's, it's the whole thing. Okay, because it's it, from the moving the hair in the eye, like meeting mm, with Jameson. Yeah. To, like that whole stretch. Yeah. When it's just a bad idea that they kept building on. Emo confident, I guess is what <laughs> yeah. he is. It's... I mean, the amount of. Uh, finger guns he shoots in that scene is... Impressive. Is yeah. legendary. He I, gives every single person uh, walking down the streets of New York a finger gun. Yeah. <laughs> More finger guns in this movie than actual guns in Rambo. That's <laughs> true. And he's such a bad... He's like dancing down the streets. He's such a bad dancer. It is. Yeah. Terribly hilarious. It's great. And so I, uh, I mentioned this to you guys earlier, but... I, when I signed signed up to do this, uh, I thought to myself, oh, this is that really crazy, bad, like, jazz dance club thing. And then I went, oh no, that's Anchorman. Like, that scene is too ridiculous to happen <laughs> in a Spider-Man movie. But no, it's in this movie. Like, a just as bad, like... Jumps up on stage, starts playing with the band, dances yeah. all around. Peter Parker doesn't know piano. Yeah, what the what? fuck is he playing piano for? 
he hasn't choreographed a special routine to the exact layout of the jazz club on this particular night. Yeah. And it's already cold as ice bringing Gwen Stacy to the place where Mary Jane works that she's ashamed of. Like, yeah. we sh can show Peter Parker being a dick without having him dance lively through a club. Like, Yeah, it, it's levels upon levels of emotional torture yeah. in that. And eyeshadow and his hair. Literally his hair just combed down. Yeah. Like a reverse Clark Kent or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It's so bad. It's the thing that I always remembered from this movie. It's yeah, it's, awful to watch. That being said, I do find it to be a much more minimal part of the movie than I remember it being. It is. It's still too much of a part of the movie. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, and that's that's far from the only problem in this movie. I mean, the hairy amnesia and the fact that now this other guy killed Uncle Ben, like, those two storylines suck. Like, the, yeah. um, that, that whole concept oh. all sucks. And it, it the whole Sandman storyline is garbage. He shouldn't be in this movie. And it has almost no weight to it. He's this guy who loves his daughter, and she's sick, but she can't really... He's not doing anything for her. Yeah. He's just terrorizing he's the city. trying to steal money to pay for her life-threatening cancer, illness, I, guess. I guess. But then that even goes away. Then he, like, loses the money, and now he just wants to kill Spider-Man, where, well, just go steal... You're the most powerful... One of the most powerful beings in the city. Go steal more money. Yeah. Get out of New York. Yeah. Spider-Man won't get you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Milwaukee doesn't have superheroes. Yeah, but guess what they do have? Banks. <laughs> <laughs> um... I mean, if we're expanding from scene to worst section, the first 25 minutes? I think we had it at 17. 17. I think we had it at 17 before. I was going to bring this up. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, the continued uh, expansion of everybody guessing way more time than had actually passed for the opening of this movie. Um, it's so boring. So slow. And so, like, like not what you're thinking. Ooh. Alright, do you know what it reminds me of that it just struck me? It reminds me of the, of the opening of Judge Dredd. Have you guys seen the original, like, the Stallone? Uh, Judge the Stallone? Yeah, 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 with Amanda Sante. It opens with, like, a, a five-minute Rob Schneider monologue in a cab going through this city. Oh. And it's, like, really slow and really weird and really Rob Schneider in the back of a cab. Um, yeah, that's a lot. And it's... Just, like, not at all what you signed up for. Like, maybe there is a good movie to be made out of this stuff, but it's not the one I came here to see, and it doesn't have a whole ton to do with the rest of what I'm gonna see. Yeah. Um, but instead of, like, one kind of long-ish scene giving Rob Schneider too much time and space, uh, it's 17 minutes of m one thing after another that we could not possibly care about. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it really is just a, a a problem of trying to fit everything into this movie that they ever, instead of crafting a good third Spider-Man movie, they picked up exactly where they left off after two, and then just said, okay, everything we've ever wanted, that anyone has ever wanted, I want to do Sandman, Studio wants Venom, we'll just throw it all in here, and, oh, Gwen Stacy, that's a, that's a character, let's throw her in here. And it gets too jumbled and too yeah. much, and it's just—it's well, not a well-crafted movie. Too. Yeah, 
Yeah. Again, they try to tie that up to make it like a nice full trilogy. And there's, like we said, there's so many good elements because there's good sequences. And there's so much good groundwork from the first two movies to base it off of. And there's great casting. I mean, I love Topher Grace as Eddie Brock. I think that's yeah. great casting. And if this movie were better, I think it would have been awesome. Especially because he looks like so much of a doppelganger of Tobey Maguire. Yes, but, especially both being the photographer. Right, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah, the photographer thing's in the comics. Well, right, of course. I'm he's just usually it all works together. a bigger guy. Like, he's more mm. jockey in the comics, usually. Um, I think there's another version of him, too, where he's, like, a little more slimy, slick, wheeling, dealing guy. Yeah. Right. But we said earlier, t- like, there is a good movie somewhere in here. Oh, yeah. Like, you lose the Sandman storyline, you lose the Harry Amnesia storyline... You uh, uh, just get uh, the Venom character in earlier. Uh, Chris, you mentioned during the movie, in the comic books, it's uh, MJ's old boyfriend brings the Venom stuff back from outer space. Yeah, J. Jonah Jameson's son, who is dating Mary Jane in Spider-Man 2. Yes. Like, no, instead it's just this convenient landing spot where Peter Parker happens to be and that's how he gets it and just lands on Earth with no explanation. And follows whatsoever. him home like right. a lost dog. And this is why I'm going to disagree with you on one point. You said it it picks up where Spider-Man 2 left off. I disagree. I think it picks up before Spider-Man 2 left <laughs> off and then changes a bunch of stuff that we don't need. Yeah, like, that's true. It erases characters. It adds characters in. It, like, Mary Jane is a singer now and her whole, like, because, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was always like, oh, I want to be in films and TV and stuff. It wasn't like, oh, I... I love the stage. It's my calling. Uh, she did a lot of theater. But yeah, she but was it also getting like, print ads at the end yeah. of two. Um, it just seemed like to pigeonhole her as a very specific type of actress who we hadn't seen her like invest herself in until that point. Um, and it... I don't know. It just, it just rewrites... like Uncle Ben, it keeps going back to like... Stuff that was good and making it garbage. Yeah. Just to try to, like, tie up these loose ends that aren't even there. Like, yeah. Well, to have different twists to yeah, make, yeah. again, the Sandman character more interesting, which he's not. Like, to try to connect him to this whole world when he didn't need to be, and he would have been better off just being left out of this whole movie and that whole storyline. Going yeah. away and just letting the Uncle Ben death be what it was in the first two and almost... Spider-Man's moved on from it. He's yeah, exactly. Not now. even address it in this movie. Yeah, because I like the idea of Spider-Man having to deal with being famous and being beloved. And, I and like he that... getting a bit of an ego from right. it. Right. And that... and that ties right in with Venom and boosting his confidence and his powers. And that would have been your good movie. Yeah. And Act 1 ends with him getting rid of the symbiote himself and Eddie Brock getting it. Well, and that but... also works with how him and MJ's relationships becomes problematic because he has this inflated ego at this point and she's struggling so then wow that's actually a really realistic relationship problem that two people have to work through yeah he's then, riding high she's riding low yeah, yeah but then the way to handle it where now Gwen Stacy comes into the picture and like all these other things you know just like actually focus on the relationship and that's more interesting and more realistic yep agreed Well, there it is. Time for milking it. The final game of the podcast. This time, zero to five points for each player sitting around the table tonight. Reaching a draw card from the big box of Hollywood ideas of prequels, sequels, reboots, and genres. Your card 
that you choose will give you a new way of looking at the events that transpire in Spider-Man 3, the characters, the themes that arise, anything you'd like to salvage from the movie, reconstruct, rebuild, make it stronger into a new movie to put back out there and make a billion more dollars for the studio system. Easy. Got it. Here's that old Hollywood relic seeing the light of day for yet another week. And I believe it's Dave's turn to go first. Go ahead, sir. Draw a card. Okay. The tension is building. Ooh, I got a buddy comedy. Oh, Ooh. all right. Brad? All right. A murder mystery. Interesting. And I'll draw a card here. And I'll go with... The Psychological Thriller. Ooh. Interesting. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with three brand new movies for your listening enjoyment right after this. And we're back, high on film, right in the middle of milking it with three new movies derived from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3. Dave Byrne, you drew the buddy comedy card. What do you got? Okay. Peter Parker is engaged to Mary Jane, alienating his good friend Harry. One night Harry decides, or one night Peter Parker decides to invite Harry out to dinner, bury the hatchet, and invite him to become part of his wedding party. Unfortunately... Sometime on the way to the bar, Harry Osborn is attacked and gets amnesia. Um, he's attacked by Venom in an alleyway, but the police suspect Peter Parker. Since he was the last person he was going to meet, there's a known rivalry. Anyway, through a series of misunderstandings, they get handcuffed together and have to uh, set loose on the city using their, their buddy detective skills to find Venom. Um... <clears throat> Uh, oh, and did I mention Peter Parker's wedding is in three days? This is where the title card comes up. Oh, wait for it. This is where the title card comes up. Spider Wed. Spider Wed. Yep. Um, in the end, it turns out that it wasn't about either of them at all. It was a rival of Mary Jane's from her past, trying to ruin, purposely trying to ruin her wedding. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. Nice little twist. Yeah, nice twist. Thank you. All right, good job. Title, yeah. But uh, I, everything else I, was I really like. I'm super proud of that very dumb one. <laughs> yeah. I respect oh, very it. Very good. I respect it. Brad Davis, what do you got for us today? You had the murder mystery card. I did. Lay it on me. All right. We got Detective Pete Parker. Uh, he's been running his own private detective agency for years. Uh, and he runs it with his girlfriend, MJ. And it's kind of. She's the brains, he's the brawn of the operation. Um, and a, the case that originally forced him to become a cop all these years ago before he left the force to become a private detective was the death of the murder of uh, his uncle, his beloved uncle. And now it's kind of come back around that the man he thought killed his uncle, who he then, seeking revenge, murdered, uh, did not do it. So now he has to kind of reopen this case and reopen old wounds in order to uh, discover who the real killer is. And because 
so many uh, potential uh, uh, murderers pop up in the situation. He asks an old friend to aid him in the investigation. His, the guy who used to run the the private detective agency with him, but they had a falling out and went their separate ways. But now he's bringing him back, and the three of them are going to solve the murder of Uncle Ben. Oh, okay. And your title? Web of Lies. Web of Lies. <laughs> Definitely something I was thinking of using for my psychological thriller. Oh, actually. yeah, I bet. Yeah. You did it? I did not. Okay, no, I'm good. glad I did not. But yeah, very good, Brad. Nice title. Thank you very much. A pleasure, a pleasure, sir. Uh, you want to hear my psychological thriller? Sure, why not? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no choice. All right, so cop, Jim Spiderman, is your average <laughs> New York detective. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's been on the job for many years, uh, put away a lot of people, uh, and, uh, suddenly a known serial killer known as the Sandman who kills people in their sleep, uh, and Ooh, nice. has killed Jim Spiderman's uncle in the past, has escaped from prison, and now people are, bodies are starting to pile up again in the city. So... Detective Spider-Man must uh, hunt him down, and he catches him, right? And But after he gets him in custody, the body count still rises. Oh, no. Yeah. So, uh, and then it starts getting closer to Jim Spider-Man's own life. So his, like, landlord is killed, and then his fiance is killed, this time with, like, a silk scarf, right? And now he's going crazy because he's like, no, it has to be the Sandman. He has a personal vendetta against me. I put him away initially. I put him away again. He killed my uncle. He has to be the one doing it, but he's in custody. Um, and uh, the twist is that he finds out that he's the killer, and he's been having blackouts. Oh. Um, and it started from, he, he was there when his uncle was killed, and at that moment, um, to handle the tragedy, he developed split personalities. And now this dark side has kept up the work of the Sandman because he, he to keep him fueled in this vendetta against him. Ooh. Okay. And it's called City of Sand and Silk. Oh. Wow. That was pretty damn yeah, good. That's Thanks. Wow. Yeah, that's one of your better milkinets. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah it, it started coming together really nicely as I was uh kind of writing things down. So well done. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, I, it was very funny how well uh, Spider-Man 3 lends itself to a psychological thriller. <laughs> there's a lot of mind games in it, a lot of... Yeah, uh, there's a lot of internal strife. There's... Uh, exactly. Red Spider-Man be Black Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. Bingo. All right, guys. Well, while I add up our scores from your completed scorecards, we move into our pessimistic end of the show. It's time for podcast regrets. Anything regret saying or not saying during the duration of the show? I mean, I regret not bringing up that... I think this might be the worst Stan Lee cameo in any Marvel movie. Uh, yeah, he just, like... He's pretty much Stan Lee. He just walks up and To Peter to Parker, him. and he says... Uh, I wrote it down. You know, I guess a person can... I guess one person really can make a difference. Nuff said. Now, I like the Nuff said, but, like... Why does he just give this message to Peter Parker as he's watching a TV in a window in Times Square where Peter Parker spends all of his free time? Oh, get Peter Parker in Times Square, that's a whole thing. Yeah. But, like, I, it's not even... 
It's not even like, oh, he doesn't know New York, he'll hang out in Times Square, which is absurd because he should be a Queens native, but it's that, like, even people who've been there a week don't go to Times Square. Like, it's (laughs) an absolute tourist trap. Um, Yeah, that drove me nuts. Um, So much in this that... We couldn't have gotten all of it. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it, my regret is probably not <laughs> mentioning how dumb it is that Peter Parker lets Gwen Stacy kiss him on stage oh when he knows God. his girlfriend is in the crowd. Like, that is insane. Yeah, and it's it it keeps getting worse the more you find out that, that she, like he's hanging upside and he's like, yeah, kiss me. And then she pulls the mask down and you're like, oh, that's that's personal. That's an invasion of personal space. And then you find out that, A, that him and Mary Jane had acknowledged that that was like their thing. Their, right, like, that's like her thing. big kiss with like their most like romantic moment ever. And he yeah. recreates yeah. it with just a friend from class. Yeah, that's the stunt. worst part is that this is not like, if it was some random stranger... I'd be like, yeah, give me a kiss on the still cheek. A, it's still a problem. A kiss on the cheek, yeah. Yeah, but for it to kiss be Kiss over the mask. Yeah, for it to be Even someone that's I that know bad. to be like a friend and then my significant others in the crowd, like, no, you get an arm around the shoulder. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing, too, is Peter Parker doesn't even acknowledge no. in his own mind, like, how fucked up this is. Uh, Mary like, Jane's being crazy. Well, and he's Why? still, like, planning on proposing to her at dinner like nothing happened, and when she mentions this, he's surprise yeah like well he's aloof at this point wow he, he's a fucking idiot I, know. I will say i it is a little ridiculous that he allows this all to happen especially trusting this person who doesn't know spider-man's identity with all these cameras there that she's not just going to rip the mask off right. and reveal yeah. his secret identity is also ludicrous and so dangerous but i do like the fact that they bring the kiss back in each of the other ends of the sequels i like that mary jane tries it with the, Jameson, right. uh, Jonah, Jonah's son, and then that it's re-recreated here and causes such emotional strife with her because I think that I really like that as a plot point. Well, its execution is a little iffy, it, but it's, it's dumb. And I, but I do like the scene at dinner where she kind of calls him on it. Like that was our moment. Like she delivers yeah. it well. It's it's a nice moment, but my God, there there's just not enough reason there for me to believe that Peter Parker would be that dumb and aloof to just yeah. kiss some other girl, especially when he's just hung out with her. Yeah. And he's obviously so in love with her. It doesn't make sense. Uh, have you guys been highlighting the Bruce Campbell cameos? Because this one is a doozy. It, the <laughs> French accent. The Monty Python French accent. Yeah. It is great. Yeah. Uh, this is the best one. We have, I don't think we've been highlighting them, but I think we've mentioned... We at least the mentioned three. it once. I think we mentioned maybe all three. Yeah, he's the the wrestling announcer in one. He's Sorry. the uh, yeah. Come on, Dave, hold your hold on your pen, please. I refuse. I throw this pen. He's the uh, usher in the theater, in two, and then yeah, in this one he's the French major d. Yeah, and they, I I think he has too much time to play with that, but I do appreciate that they. Like, that they let him do that much with it. Yeah. I like that he likes Peter Parker in this one. Because the previous ones, he was pretty rude to him. <laughs> and this one, he's like, I like you. Because like, yeah. he keeps saying, we. I think that's a really funny bit. So, 
All right, guys. Well, I got the points tallied, and here we are. Brad Davis, you're in third place with 16.3 points. Yeah. I just edged you out with 16.37 points. And Dave Please. takes the podcast with 16.7 wow. points. So just barely edging out the win Ooh, there. I'll have to clear space in my mantle for another championship belt. You will indeed. Wow. You're the only one we give belts to. <laughs> yeah, everyone else gets a trophy. Everyone, yeah. <laughs> well, some people get medals. Uh, yeah, know, right. and With ribbons. If they do Olympic movies, they get a medal. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we tailor it to, to the person. Yeah. Dave. Thank you, as always, for being on the show, man. Thank you for sitting through yet another terrible movie with us here for the sake of comedy. Oh, it was absolutely my pleasure. <laughs> Anything to plug? Um, yeah, Junk on Netflix has been slow for a while, as it will be on and off forever uh, until the end of time. But uh, by the time this episode's out, it should have a Glow review and Ooh. maybe something else. I mean, yeah. I'll get, I gotta get on Glow so I can... Uh... Read Glow. that review. Glow is a ton of fun. You like Netflix's Glow. Yes. Women yes, wrestling. Yeah. Cool. Brad Davis. Chris Maxwell. Thank you as always. A pleasure. What uh, you got? At BD Always GP on Twitter and Instagram. And on my Twitter page, you can find I Love You Pittsburgh Pirates, my baseball blog. Uh, yeah, that's it. There it is. I'm at Cross Maxwell across your social media platforms. That's Chris with an O where the I should be. Uh, and that. Is this is the official end of this set of high on film episodes? Uh, we'll have a few more buzzed off films coming out. I believe Baby Driver uh, is out now, along with Transformers: The Last Night. Of course, our regularly scheduled programming, High on Film, uh, Spider Man One, Two, and Three are all out. So check those out. Uh, and coming very soon, a spoiler free review of Spider Man Homecoming. Where Michael Keaton plays Harvey Birdman, attorney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, go leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook at High on Film, and we will be back on September 11th for the return of High on Film with all new episodes and I believe some all new guests as well, which we're very excited for. Very excited. Yeah. So check out those buzzed off films, and we will see you in September, guys. We love you. Thank you, gentlemen. A pleasure. Thanks. Goodbye.